This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Mr. G. Scott Sr., the Buckeye preacher. A lot to get into, G. Let's start with right at the top. Ohio State got more good news. It was expected, but number four in the college football playoff rankings. Win and they're in. I know you're trying to talk everybody off the ledge after the Oregon game saying, listen, I feel 2014 vibes here. You know, everything's going to take care of itself. And here we are. Good prognostication on your part, sir. Well, look, I'll say this. It's easy for me to say. And what I say about it's easy for me to say, I'm just joining this whole fan thing, right? Look, I I understand that there's some folks and passion. There's a lot of passion with the Buckeye fan base. So after that Oregon loss, oh, it hurt. It hurt. But at the same time, I've been broken up with before, and we've talked about this. That's what it was like for the Oregon game. It was like being broken up with, and you think it's the end of the world. We've been through those relationships. We get to our children, and we tell our children, hey, don't worry about it. Just wake up the next day. You start to stack your days, stack your wins, take care of the next game, and that's what they've done. And here they are right now sitting at number four. And look, it's been a good season so far. Um, there's been a learning curve for everyone involved. I think the Buckeyes are doing fantastic. Uh, I think they are playing the right way at the right time, right? And that's very important, playing the right way at the right time. You can be phenomenal game one and two. What does that mean, right? I thought Minnesota was going to be a really good team this year, right? So things can try to change. But now you still continue to take care of each game. You don't look past any opponent. And I think that's what the Oregon loss really did for the Buckeyes. It made them say, hey, let's not look too far ahead. Let's take each game, game by game. And so here we are. Here we are in a, with a situation, number four in the college playoffs, with an opportunity to play a really good Purdue team at home that's where you're at now I find it interesting Oklahoma is eighth they are behind four one loss teams they are undefeated I mean it's a combination of factors Oklahoma is 0-4 in the college football playoff they get blown out when they get in there and they haven't looked good this year that being said I'm still a little surprised they're eighth are you surprised at all yeah 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 I'm, I'm I'm very surprised with that hey no matter how you slice it, I don't care if you're an Oklahoma fan, not an Oklahoma fan, there is no justification for Oklahoma being undefeated. 
undefeated in being number eight. Now, you can you could say, well, I feel, but you got to take your feelings and emotions out of it, both as a fan and wait a minute, Dave, and as a college playoff committee. There is no feelings that should be involved in that. And wait, did I see that the team up north is ahead of Michigan State? Again, man, uh, you got to take the feelings out of it. Uh, it's hard for me to understand and fathom that Oklahoma is at number eight, bro. Yeah, and the the Michigan thing is, is weird too. They're they're saying Oregon is ahead of Ohio State because of head to head, and I'm o- I'm okay with that. They okay, fine. I think Ohio State's the better team, but hey, Oregon came here and, and handed, you know, the Buckeyes got their butts handed to them. I know it was only a seven point game, but the Buckeyes got their butts handed to them. So the Oregon's over Ohio State because of head to head, but then. Michigan is ahead of Michigan State. Where's the head-to-head there? I don't know. They tried to talk around it. I, I did a story last night. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I want to ask you about this Buckeye defense, man. They're really coming around. They were ranked like 120th in the, in the country after like three games in total defense. They're now all the way up to 47th in the country in total defense. 19th in the country in scoring defense, G. Man, I, what are you seeing out of this defense? Is it Matt Barnes, some of the players? What, what has led to this turnaround in your opinion? A co- a continuity. Right. I think continuity uh, we're starting to see. Um, you see a defense that is continuing to uh, get on the right page. Right. Um, another thing that stands out to me is what I'm really seeing. Like I, I talked about this the last time I was on with you, Dave, and it really stands out to me. We talked about this. You, you saw early on in the season, you know, had some of those guys banged up on the D line. Defense starts up front. Right. And so some of those guys were banged up some, out for some games. And now they're back. So, and, and the fortunate thing about them being back is that while they were gone, some of those players, some of the youngsters were able to get in there and, 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 and get some time and some understanding. Now, that D line is, I, I think that D line is really good. I mean, I look, I, no, I'm not trying to say, I'm not talking about any other defenses. I'm talking about this defense right here. I think this defense right here with their D-line is really good. I think the linebackers are flying flying around, right? And I just think right now the, the, the DBs, they're doing a, a, a good job. Some would say, well, I don't like how they played against Nebraska. Well, Adrian Martinez, who, by the way, how long has Adrian Martinez been playing college football? I swear it feels like he was back there, no disrespect, in the uh, Tom Osborne uh, era. Man, he's been playing a long time. But anyways, that, that offense, that threat of Adrian Martinez to run, he rushed for 18 times in that game. It is very hard for a defense to hold, contain, for defense, pass coverage with the threat of a run uh, quarterback in that situation. So uh, I do love what this uh, Ohio State defense is doing. Again, my theme today is playing the right way at the right time. Speaking of quarterback runs, I'm not suggesting that C.J. Stroud needs to be Martinez. I'm not suggesting that at all. I think he needs to be a little bit of a threat to run at times. And we saw that in the, in the Nebraska game. At least they did it twice, which is two more times than they usually do it. But when he's scrambling, I think at times he just needs to take those five or six yards, you know, and make it second and five, second and four. Um, where do you come down on that? Do you think for Ohio State, 
not to just win the Big Ten, but to really achieve their goals, do you think C.J. needs to at least be somewhat of a threat to run, or do you think that's kind of a non-factor? Tomato, tomato. That's where I'm at with this, brother Dave. Tomato, tomato. Look, I, I think that when you're C.J. Stroud, I think that as that quarterback, there's always something for him to improve on. But that's an interesting take for, for we to look at and say, hey, maybe you should run it here. Maybe you should run it there. And I just think that what we're starting to learn is that the way C.J. Stroud plays the position of quarterback, there's something in him, man, that he likes. He's like, look, I got weapons. I know I have weapons. I want to give them, I want to feed them. I want to feed them the ball, those weapons. I got the best pass catchers, in my opinion, in the country. And I want to feed them. And you want to know who loves it? You want to know who loves the fact that C.J. Stroud doesn't take off? Maybe you don't love it. But you know who does? For some reason, C.J. Stroud came back to play for Ohio State this year. For some reason, Jeremy Rucker came back this year to play for Ohio State. So they must have saw some. Chris Olave came back. You mean Chris Olave came back? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I knew Chris Olave. I I, I was getting too excited. Chris Olave came back. Uh, Jeremy Rucker came back. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a young guy uh, uh, broke an Ohio State passing uh, receiver record with 15 catches. So, look, I'll say this: fine, tomato, tomato. If there wants to be some complaints, but it's real. It's it's tough to know what you would do in those situations in the heat of the moment, right? Like you can't coast that Ryan day can't sit there and say to CJ Stroud, Hey, you know, in, in this moment, I think you should do this. That's, that's about feel that's about play. And I, and I think CJ Stroud is a winner. And when it is time for him to maybe uh, pop a run, he will, he will. Maybe he, maybe he pops that run team up North, maybe because on a scouting report, the team up North says, Hey, he's never going to run in this situation. And maybe he gets a huge first down, write that down. Maybe he gets a huge first down in the game. uh against the team up North that'll happen here pretty soon. So I don't know, man, tomato, tomato. I know his past catchers love it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, I've said, you know, speaking of the um, game up North, I've said, We'll know that Ryan Day is playing 3D chess if, like, first play of the game or at some point, C.J. Stroud does a naked boot and takes off for a 75-yard touchdown. We're going to be like, okay, he was setting them up all year long, Mr. Ryan Day. Okay, you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba's big day. My goodness, one of the best days by an Ohio State receiver in the history of the program, which is saying a lot. And some people on our side have said, oh, you shouldn't say that's one of the best performances in school history because the game has changed. I can still say that. Chris Carter, I didn't say it's the best performance, period. It's one of the best performances by an Ohio State receiver. I'm standing by that. He set the school record with 15 receptions, the second most catches in school history, or the second most yards in school history in a game with 240. And his touchdown was unbelievable. His 75-yard touchdown catch was unbelievable. Yeah, there's been great games. Terry Glenn, Chris Carter, on and on and on. I've seen some many great games over the years. That's right up there. Um, I know they're throwing the ball like 60 times a game, so things have changed. But still, I know one person who is not surprised about this is you. No. You're not surprised at all um, that JSN's doing this well. No, I I said a couple of things, a few things to you before, a, a year ago. I, I told you about this. Man, all football is, 
Football is just like life. Sometimes you just need that opportunity and show what you can do. And the reason why I bring it up like that, I need to set up the story on Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? Like, let's be real. We are seeing this because of one person, Mr. Mark Pantone. <laughs> Mark Pantone saw the diamond in the rough. Let's be clear. Nobody, they Texas, all, and nobody was seeing this amazing talent until Mr. Mark Pantone put a little stamp on it. Go back now, look at your notes. He was not invited to the Nike opening down there in Frisco, Texas. He was not initially invited. Then he got the invite later on because some people didn't did show up. And I remember my son saying, Dad, I don't, I don't know why he's not getting the attention. Jackson is really good. Like, seriously, like, like Dad, you got to see his film. Like, his dude is really good. So we're down there in Frisco, Texas. They got Jackson on, an, on, on the team. So when my son, my son was on the team with Julian Fleming and everything like that. So when they weren't playing, I was watching Jackson's game. Bro, I, I got I to take this moment, get out of character for a second. Bro, I'm watching what he's doing. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Like, is anybody seeing this? It would be like you are like you're watching a talent show, right? And all of a sudden, you're seeing this amazing performer, and and after that performance is done, everybody's like paying attention to other people, but you're sitting there like, hey, 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 don't go off of what the scouts say. Don't go off what the stars and what everybody's saying. Are you seeing it? It's right in front of your eyes. That's what Jackson Smith was doing down in Frisco, Texas. It was crazy. No, his team didn't win, and they weren't the stars, but that dude was amazing. So I told you last year, mm -hmm. I told you, everybody's like, oh, after Garrett Wilson and after uh, Chris Olave, I said, don't you guys worry. The man is here. The man is here. Did I, did I tell you that? You did. When everybody was talking about the big two, you were like, there's the big three. There's the big three. Yeah, there. Don't talk about the big two. There's the big three, and uh, man, in whatever order, by the way. I mean, they, it's the best receiving core in the country. It's the best receiving core in Ohio State history. And my, and I'm including I, the guys, some of the backups. I said it last year when there was an argument on whether or not, man, are these the best wide receivers? I said next year when it's going to be. Well, I didn't know it was going to be uh, Chris Olave coming back, but when Chris Olave came back. I said, ooh, wait, you talk about that's the gang right there. You know, you talk about boy bands. You're talking about groups. That's what you're saying right there. Those three are amazing. I thought the O-line would be amazing. And they, they're not doing terrible. I think that maybe they're taking a little too much heat, but they are struggling. And especially for their lofty expectations. And maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm at fault for having too high of expectations. But Penn State got the better of them a lot. Nebraska's D-line got the better of them throughout that game. What are you seeing out, out of this uh, O-line? Why do you think they're struggling a little bit? I think everybody everybody has a struggle at some point. I think this is college football too, right? You know, the, the way that we judge 
quarterbacks in the NFL, we judge them by Super Bowl wins, right? The way we judge college football teams, we judge them by wins and losses, right? I think, how about this? Yeah, we want to say that the offensive line for, for the Buckeyes has had a rough couple games. That's fair. That's fair to say that. But can we also at the same time give a little respect to Nebraska's defense? Yes. Can we can we do that? If if yep. I just said before, ladies and gentlemen, let's start to look at this football game, past the numbers, past the win-loss record, look for the eye. You can't tell what happened during a stat sheet. You gotta look, you gotta give Nebraska the credit. And so I think what Nebraska was doing, I think schematically up front was, you know, they were doing their thing. They're playing football, right? But for the Buckeyes offensive line, the most important thing is going to be for them is to, my theme of the day, play the right way at the right time. They've had two games that people might want to say, hmm, uncharacteristic of them because they were so dominant early, right? They were so dominant. Now, hey, if you have a straight A student, if your child is a straight A student and they come home with a B, yeah, the whole house is like, oh, my goodness, you're going crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cletus next door wishes that his child could come home with a B. So that's all that's happened is the offensive line has gotten a B two weeks in a row. And Cletus next door is like, shh. I wish my child would get a B. And you're complaining. They're going to be all right. They'll get back to A football soon. You're the king of analogies, man. That's a great analogy. <laughs> and you know what? I think they maybe they needed that. Now this, you know, maybe that woke them up a little bit. Maybe they were hearing all people like me here on the Bucknuts Morning 5. I doubt the offensive linemen are listening to the Bucknuts Morning 5. But let's pretend. Maybe they're hearing people like me saying, oh, this is going to be Mo- one, of, one of the best offensive lines in Ohio State history. Oh, shout out to Monica Daniels. Shout out to Monica Harris Johnson Jr.'s mom. Shout out to Monica. And occasional guest here on the Bucknuts Morning 5. Everybody knows Monica. Right, right. right. Listen, they'll they'll be fine. Maybe, you know, and now now maybe Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan are going to get the best version of this offensive line. Um, Ryan Day was talking about that yesterday. It's just little things. Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson are saying it's just little things that they need to correct, but they're confident that this O-line is going to get going. All right, last thing, my friend. Purdue game. Man, the, the spoiler makers are real. They, they've beaten two top uh, three teams this year as un, as an unranked team. They have the most wins as an unranked team over top five teams in college football history with 17. Ohio State was on the wrong end of that uh, in 2018. Uh, Purdue's not unranked now, though. They're number 19. They're coming here to the horseshoe. Man, they're 20-point underdogs, though. That, that spread surprises me a little bit. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Purdue's a pretty good team. Getting a good team. No question about it. Um, if I had to give it an equivalent to when I, when I think about Purdue, especially going back to 2018 and seeing what they've done, I mean, for some reason, they always tend to knock off some, some big teams. They remind me of the Miami Dolphins, right? Now, this is, I say this with respect, okay? The Miami Dolphins are one of those teams that year in and year out for a while, they were the ones that would beat the Patriots. So the Patriots were real good and they're doing their thing. And then Miami, like, ah, you know, we're going to beat you. Like, how in the world did the Miami Dolphins just beat the Patriots? I don't know. But they just set up in that, in that way. 
Well, in the case of Purdue, this is a very hungry team. And I'm quite sure, right? I'm quite sure that those young men and that program, they go to practice. They work hard. They're in the offseason. They see it. They see what everybody says. They, they, they don't, people don't think that Purdue can do anything. But you know what's something of the beauty of life is when you attack it, with a chip on your shoulder, man. When you attack it, when there's a lot of people who don't think you can do something. So when you ask me about this game at the shoe, I look at this game, and I don't know if anybody else does. Like, I'm more concerned and worried about a tough Purdue team like this than I was Penn State. This game right here is going to be a huge game. And I'm, oh, gee, man, you're you're making this pretty big. No, because if there's one thing we've learned, every game is a big game. Now you get my thing like this, this game. So the offensive line that's kind of, you know, everybody's been talking about it. They're going to have to fire off on all, all cylinders. But here's the key. Here's the key that Purdue is going to have to worry about. And here's Purdue's concern. What happens if that run game pops in the first quarter? That is something that they can't let happen. If there's one thing that over the last few weeks that has happened is the run game kind of stalled early, right? You know what I mean? And then, of course, the young fella, Trey Henderson, bam, get you that pop later on. He's always consistent for that. But what Purdue is going to have to worry about at the shoe, baby, if you let that run game get going early, huh? like Whoopi Goldberg, told Demi Moore in the movie Ghost, you in trouble, girl. That's what's going to happen if you <laughs> let that happen early on. I love it. Thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate it. He is G. Scott Sr. Thanks for your time, man. All right, brother. Thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.